Okay, welcome to today's podcast episode. Uh, we are talking today about the anti-website movement, especially that I've noticed in the coaching space. And I want to talk about it. I want to like, let's have a proper conversation about this anti-website movement, um, what it looks like, who it works for, who it doesn't work for, and kind of like what you need to know about it, because it is a big trend right now. This whole like, I made a million dollars and I didn't need a website or I sold this program and I don't even have a sales page. And while those great react, like accurate testimonials for that particular person, I don't think it's giving the full picture. And I think a lot of people are taking that advice or trying to copy and paste that model without truly understanding it, what it looks like for them, their long-term vision, their long-term goals. So anyway, let's, let's talk about it, right? Because I've done both sides of this and both ways are a vibe, right? When you can peel back the layers of the marketing and the trend that is surrounding it right now, you can see that these are both viable options for people. I have clients who do not have a website, who do not use social media to mark their business, do not not even have fucking business cards. I have very successful clients without any of that. And I have very successful clients who we've been spending the last 12 months optimizing their website and getting it perfect and integrating all the stuff. So while both sides of this work, the point is you've got to figure out what works for you, not necessarily your business or your brand or your industry, but you as a person, your values and your goals. And that's the, that's the deeper conversation here. And personally, I've done both of this. I ran my spray tanning business, which was incredibly successful for eight years without a website, without a booking system, without anything apart from a Facebook page and my phone to book appointments in and like a paper diary. Um, Within the last two years of running it, I implemented a booking system, but I still didn't have a website literally until two, two weeks before like I closed it. I set up the most basic website. I think it was through Google business. Um, because I was like, well, we'll just see how it goes. And then I was like, no, we're closing it. It's completely pointless with COVID. So anyway, that's a story for another day. Actually, I think there's a podcast episode on that if you're interested, but basically I've run a business, a very successful business for eight years without a website. And I am also currently obsessed with my website for my current brand for sexy selfish and for time creative i just redid the time creative website this week and i'm fucking frothing on it so sexy i am obsessed with my brand with my website i think it's the best thing ever i love that my website is this hub for people to come to and to figure out exactly where they want to go and what they want of me and to see all my information all my collective knowledge all the options in one place like i just i fucking love it it's a whole vibe and people book me because of it. Not only as a designer, when people see my website and they're like, this is beautiful. I love your energy. I love, I want to work with you for that. But also just on like a personal level, a coaching and consulting level, I was sitting down the other day with an agency owner for a completely unrelated thing. I was in there consulting for something completely separate on a course that she was running. She went through and clicked to my website and mentioned that you could buy my books from my website. She went and found my website. She's like, your website is fucking amazing. It's the beautiful, like the most beautiful website I've ever seen. Um, and so that is incredible in itself. Like for me, the website is an important storefront for, I guess, everything that is my brand. So the anti-website movement is not a bad thing in context. It's not a bad thing in context, but when it's removed 
out of context, this is where it can really backfire, I think. And all that comes down to is really personalized recommendations. And this is the thing, if you're in the, in the space and you're following a bunch of these people online and you're so inspired by the income that they make or the business that they run and the things that they've achieved and they start to stay on their Instagram, like I've done it this way. I run a business and I make a million dollars without a website. And you know, do you know that's possible for you too? I think a lot of people just go like, oh my God, I can do that. <laughs> I can do that too without having the deeper conversation of like, is that the right strategy for me? Cause what it comes back down to is it is a strategy. And I think for a lot of us, it's, it's spoken to people's desire for making money and for money to be easy. And I get it. I've written two fucking books on money mindset. I get it. We want money to be easy. We want it to be fun. We want it to be in flow. Right. And for it to be simple and for it to be fun. So this idea of like, and it's, it coincides directly alongside the advice of just like, just move, just promote, just sell your thing, get it set up. And so it's, it's this message of the anti-website movement. It's spoken to a lot of people and it's resonated with a lot of people because we're coming from that place of over strategizing stuff, almost leaning into procrastination, you know, where you're spending eight weeks getting a sales page right and obsessing about your website colors being perfect rather than just actually getting out there in the world. My friend Sandra says, just do the fucking thing. Um, and instead of doing the fucking thing, we're caught up in this procrastination. So this, when someone's come out of the blue and said, Hey, you don't need a website. You can go and make a lot of money without one. I make a lot of money without one. Everyone's like, fuck yeah, I'm going to do that too. I'm just going to put up a Stripe link or I'm just going to have a link tree and I'm just going to do it that way. That person's doing it. I'm going to be the anti-website person. Right. And I get that it's been a positive thing for some people who were stuck in that procrastination, who were really stuck in the perfectionism of getting it right and over strategizing and taking forever and not actually doing the things and that move the needle in the business. Right. But in reality, a lot of brands need a website to be able to funnel an audience, to be able to help them find what they need with ease and clarity, to be able to track and use analytics and actually own their domain space. And I think that that's the missing conversation. Everyone's like, well, just set up a link tree. And I'm like, yeah, you can technically just set up a link tree. That's not fucking hard. Anyone can do that. My, my A nine-year-old can do that, right? She knows how to YouTube, how to set up a link tree and she can set one up. That's not an issue. But you don't own the intellectual property of that link tree, right? You don't have the ability to track the people that come into that link tree. And this is the same as well. Like if you've got, if you're just funneling people through to a Stripe payment place or a Kajabi portal or something like that, and it's all well and good, but if you don't pay your Kajabi invoices, if you don't pay to keep that software running, I don't know it's the same as a website, but it's, it's that intellectual property side of things. Like you're making things easier for you temporarily and probably screwing yourself in the long run. And the other part of this conversation is the fact that if people are running businesses without websites, without systems, without a way to answer people's questions and facts and questions and without sales pages and without, um, you know, media inquiries or contact forms, chances are if they don't have a website, they've got some staff kind of managing all those people coming in saying, can I get this thing or where can I find it? Or I'm interested in this type of offering, you know, so you've really got to think about the long-term goals of your business, of your brand. Number one, if you want to sell any e-commerce style products, a website is non-negotiable, 
really it's completely not like you're just putting a lid on your potential if you're manually invoicing people for headbands that you sell at man at markets it comes back down to having software that can do 99% of the work for you so that you have time to focus on the creative output and the marketing. So if you're going to do any type of e-commerce, you need to have a website. That's just like non-negotiable. If you are going to pitch yourself as someone professional who works with more than three or four people, you need a website, right? There's this thing that people do where they will find about you'll be referred to you by a friend or someone that they know in their circle and they're like hey you've got to go and work with this person and before they contact you they're going to do a quick google search and what's going to come up is your instagram your facebook page your linkedin your website it's like the home base of wanting to make sure that you are a legitimate person a legitimate human with a legitimate domain right it's just a very basic check that people do before they work with someone there is nothing that turns me off faster honestly than than a professional not having a website or having a gmail address or a hotmail address that's like a massive red flag so i think that that's um an important thing to note as well if you are pitching yourself as a professional that works with especially other businesses and people like that having that website is really that home base if you're in e-commerce you're going to need a website and if your vision is to help a hundred thousand people, you're going to need a website. If your vision is to help 10 people, you can probably handle a Facebook page and some manual invoicing and things like that. You know, there's, there's, this is the, the thing though. It, it depends on your business and it depends on your goals. I have a client, the client I mentioned earlier, who does not have a website. She does not have an Instagram set up for business. She doesn't have anything set up for business. She doesn't need it. She is only going to take on six clients at a time for the service that she offers. It's a very high, t- high quality, like white glove experience that she runs with these clients, deeply personalized and they have a long-term relationship together. Um, you know, she manages different elements of their banking and stuff like that. She doesn't need a website. She's already booked out her six clients and chances are she won't need to be looking for another client for another two years or so. Um, so she doesn't need all those things. All of the, the contacts and referrals have come through personalized referrals from people in higher places, right? She has no need for a website. She's not marketing to the masses. She doesn't need new clients. All the work that we do is, you know, on the deepening of her quality of work with these clients, the boundaries that she holds energetically, providing a better service for them, all that type of stuff. So it's a different level versus I have a client who has an e-commerce brand and she wants to like sell massive amounts of natural skincare built and made in South Australia. She's a cosmetic chemist. She's doing everything herself, but she wants to be able to impact a lot of people with the products that she sells. So having a website that can handle a hundred thousand people finding her Black Friday sale, jumping onto her website and purchasing her products is incredibly important. She doesn't have the capacity to sit in her office and respond to a hundred thousand DMs on her products every single day, 10,000 DMs, even a hundred DMs a day inquiring about information about your products or where can I purchase this? Where can I do that? It's overwhelming. It's too much. Not only is that a strategic block, it's a capacity issue, but it's also energetically. If you had to think I'm going to have a hundred inquiries come through and DMs tomorrow that I have to find links for and let people know where they can purchase their products and send them stuff. 
like that's fucking exhausting. So energetically, you wouldn't show up and market your brand the same way because it's going to create a lot more work and stress for you. So the options for her is obviously have an amazing website where all that type of stuff is set up. Everything's leveraged, automated, systemized. The clients can find everything that they need without having to have a one-on-one conversation. They can go straight through a purchase, a collection, a review, all that type of stuff is set up on the website so that my client just has to focus on marketing creating her products and, you know, being an amazing voice for her brand and that real creative director role. If she didn't want to have a website, if she was really focused on this idea of like, I don't, I want to be in that anti-website movement. I want that to be the cornerstone of my brand to say, I've done, you know, a million dollars in sales of my skincare and I don't even have a website. If that's the, the hook of the tagline that you want to be, she would need to have a shit ton of staff right? A shit ton of staff behind the scenes, you know, a full-time customer service manager in the DMs to manage all that. Someone, you know, chasing up payment inquiries, fully running the back end, sending individualized links out to people or an incredible, and I do mean an incredible system behind in like a messenger automator to be able to manage an influx of people like that. So you can see where it's not really super practical, not really super practical to be running a business that has a goal of becoming that size and helping that many people without having a website. It's just not one of those things that are going to work. So my personal feelings on this is that it's become quite a trend, this anti-website movement, big trend right now. And I think what it more needs to be is the stop procrastinating movement. You don't need a flawless website like mine. I love my website. I'm obsessed with it. I love building it. I love going in it and working on things. I fucking love it. I froth over it, right? That's my hyperfixation is my website, okay? And even for my design business, my design business has a very, very, very simple one-page website. One page. It took me about two hours to put together and get all integrated and change the domains from my old website. It's beautiful. I think it's really sexy. It's functional. People can access all the information they need and move through to inquire with me and you know it's a really simple website but I still have somewhere to funnel people where they can get a little bit of information about who I am see testimonials from past past clients understand my philosophy and find the information to contact me directly I feel like what we really need instead of the anti-website movement is more like a stop overcomplicating it babe movement but once again this is not a conversation that everyone needs to listen to. If you are running an e-commerce brand, if you are running a membership site, if you have a goal to impact a hundred million people and, you know, be on TV and media and marketing and have a viral TikTok and all that type of stuff. Yeah. You're going to need a website and you don't necessarily need to overcomplicate it, but it's probably going to look more complicated than a one page website. It's probably going to have to have some more features, some logins, some integrations. If you want to run retargeting ads, you're going to need to have you know, all your website pixels set up. If you're going to sell products off your website, you should have Google Analytics set up so you can actually know how many, where your sales are coming from. So this is what it comes down to. I think that in the anti-website movement, it started that conversation of stop procrastinating and just go do it. Just go sell the thing, get a link up, get people into your offer, stop overthinking everything. But at some point you do have to sit down and have think it a little bit. You've got a plan for a long-term strategy. Where do you want your business to be in 10 years, five years, 15 years, 50 years? What do you want it to look like? How do you want customers to be able to have an experience with you? Do you want to make money in your sleep? Like a lot of people say, if you want to make money in your sleep, you have to have things that people can find and move through in their own pace at, at their own terms. 
sorry, in their own terms, whatever. I don't know what I was trying to say. The point is if that's not set up, if they have to DM you on Instagram and wait for you to DM them back with a bunch of questions before they finally qualify and then you send them a link through, that's not really making money in your sleep like your goal is. You know what I mean? So I feel like the conversation, instead of being anti-website movement, is really stop procrastinating movement. And I feel like that encompasses more of what this is really about and why people are so attracted to this idea of a no website, because a lot of brands do need a website. (laughs) A lot of brands need a website, not only for the industry they're in and for the ease of their clients, but for their long-term goals as well. I feel like that's really important and it depends on your buyer type as well which is another thing sorry i'm super not structured with this podcast i literally had like the title this is what i have in my notes the anti-website movement is a coach in the coaching space is a big trend right now let's talk about both sides of it and that's all i've got so i'm just flicking all over the fucking place but at the end of this i hope you'll at least (laughs) make something of my crazy ramblings um that's i literally had to pause the podcast and go back and listen to what I'd said so I can come in here and talk about the biotypes. And then I looked at the time and realized it's 2.30 and I was meant to take my second dose of ADHD meds like an hour and a half ago, which is why my brain, you can literally probably hear that on the podcast, like cuts out. My brain just stops. It's like, no, we're done for today. We need more of the drugs. Um, anyway, I'm here to talk, <laughs> close out about this biotypes as well. So And this is something I've trained on a bit more in depth in the overflow method program. So if this is something that's kind of like, you're like, Ooh, I'd like to learn more about this. Um, and you're not ready to step into private coaching spaces with me. The overflow method, um, is a four part course that I run that talks all about this biotypes and stuff as well. So if you want more information, you can go to my website. You see how helpful having a fucking website is right now. Anyway, let's talk about the biotypes. So knowing your client biotype, there are four particular biotypes that range from being, and I don't want to go too in depth because it's probably a whole other podcast, but they range from being like quite imaginative and enthusiastic. And they're all about the vibes of it and tell me what I'll get in return. And they just like trust their intuition and go from it. So that's kind of like at one end of the spectrum of these four types. And at the other end of the spectrum, there is like a super analytical, super detail focused, very careful buyer. And you have to understand what type of buyers your audience is to figure out whether you should be having a website or not. Like that, like that's the part of it really. And so you see these super successful women in the coaching industry, in the spiritual industry, working with as a manifestation or with like business coaching or emotional intelligence and they're, they're so big and they're having like $50 million years and they can sell without a website and they can sell without a sales page because their entire buyer audience type is that super inspirational, trust the vibe of it, I got the nudge, I'm invested, here's take my money, bitch, that they're those clients. So they are tailoring specific to those clients. Those clients don't want to see a sales page. They don't want to understand what's in the product. They don't need the details of the ingredients or to understand that it's certified vegan. They don't give a fuck. They're trusting the feeling. They see this person online, they feel all the vibes and they're like, I need to be in whatever she's selling. Right? So that's a very different buyer type and a very different business structure to someone who sells accounting services, to someone who sells, I'll come and organize your space, to someone who sells skincare brands. And you can have inspired, enthusiastic buyers from a skincare brand. But the thing is, if you don't understand what buyer type you do have, 
you're not able to actually give them the experience that they need. So if you have a buyer type, which is super analytical, they're very detailed focused, they're very careful about the decisions they make. They are never going to just DM someone with an inbox and be like, I want to work with you. Can you just send me an invoice? And anyone, anyone listening to this, who's worked with me knows me. I am the person that's just like, I'll DM someone and be like, can you just do this for me and just invoice me for it? I don't even care. I'm not going to their website to find if they've got a service or offering. I'm literally the most enthusiastic, intuitive buyer you'll ever have. But if you've got clients who are detailed focused, they want to, they're never going to reach out via DMs. They're going to go to your website. They're going to go through the details. They're going to read the facts and questions. They're going to check out the terms and conditions. They're going to look at the testimonials. They're deeply going into that sales page. So if you're buyer type and your audience is those analytical buyers and you don't have a space for them to go and get the details that they're deeply desiring, they're never going to feel like they can make an informed financial decision with you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with either of these buyer types. There's nothing wrong with having a website or not having a website. But the point is the general advice and trend that you can make a lot of money without having a website. It's super general advice. It's not specific to your business, your goals, your personal capacity, what you value. And then deeper than that, what your client values, what your audience needs in order to make a decision, in order to make a purchase. So I think more education around the buyer types is certainly a lot more needed. Um, and yet providing those details. So for example, I have a course around money mindset and the majority of clients that come into that program are actually super detail focused. So I could never sell that without a website page that details the actual inclusions of each week of the module, what they're going to learn, what they're going to get in response, the bonuses that they're going to be able to access, how long that they have on calls with me, all that information is what they need to be able to make an informed decision versus if my buyer type was just super inspirational, I'd just be like, Hey bitch, I'll change your fucking life. Um, click here and you pay me to lock in boxer coaching. And I mean, that works with some different type of my audience. Um, but if you don't know that you could have an entire analytical audience and yet you're just like, Oh my God, I hate working on my website. It's so stressful. I'm going to go and get rid of my website because this particular coach in the industry, she doesn't have a website. It works so well for her not realizing you've just completely discounted what your client needs to actually make an informed purchase. So it's a way that you build your brand. It's analyzing your client audience buyer type, and it's understanding that your specific formula for how you run your business, what that system looks like, what your marketing looks like, how you structure your boundaries, the the systems behind that support your business, whether you have staff, whether you don't have staff, it's all so deeply personal and unique to you that it can't be copy and pasted from someone else and what's working for them. And it's just, yeah, it's a much deeper conversation than we think. So the anti-website movement, big trend right now, both sides of this do work. You can be incredibly successful without a website. You can be incredibly successful with a website. I think the main point here I want to make is number one, yeah, stop procrastinating and just do the thing. I think that's what it comes down to at the core of this and why it's been such a popular trend. But at the second point, stop copying copy and pasting anyone else's idea of success. Stop looking to other people to copy their strategy, to copy their website, to couple their funnel, to copy how they run their business, how they market their business. Your brand, your product, your offering, your service is so deeply unique to you 
that how you actually create success is to stop looking at what anyone else is doing and write the rules for you to figure out what it looks like for you to figure out how to support your clients the best. And I think once we can kind of put the blinkers on and just focus on ourselves and our business, we, then we experience the massive growth. And if you're just focusing on yourself and you're going, man, I fucking hate having to update my website all the time. This is exhausting. I've got so many different offers coming out. I'm really sick of having sales pages and you want to move into the anti-website movement for your own mental health, your own boundaries and how you want to run your business that you don't have to update things. Maybe you're super creative. It's like going, okay, that's fantastic. Here's the deeper layers of that conversation strategically. How do we, how do we make that change within your audience who you're calling in? How do you navigate that void space? If people are used to having access to all those details, and then we're going to take that away. How do you navigate the shift in your client base? How, what do we need to change in your messaging and your marketing to be able to support that? What other structures come into place to be able to support that? So you can see how it's just, it's a much bigger conversation than people think, than people want to talk about. So I guess that's what this podcast is for, those bigger conversations to give you a different perspective on things. And I hope if anything, this is just, this podcast episode will allow you to go, just because it's trending for everyone else doesn't mean it's the right thing for me and that is okay. I'm gonna focus on me. I'm gonna deeply know myself and my values and my goals and I'm gonna make moves from that space, not just doing what everyone else is doing in the industry, but I'm also gonna stop procrastinating and just do the fucking thing, right? And whether you have a website or not, I'm fucking cheering you on. And yeah, I will see you on the next episode. I cannot wait to hear what you think of this one. So head on over to Instagram, send me a DM, share this episode with your thoughts, screenshot it. It makes so much of a difference when people share this podcast um, and we can just impact more people with these kind of like deeper, more nuanced conversations. Have a great day. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.